Good morning, and welcome to a special edition of A Vision for You. My name is Larry Kay, and I'll be the host for the, the presentation this morning. Uh, today is Sunday, January 29th, 2023. Let me give you the share ID numbers for Friday, uh, January 27th. For the 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting, that number is 19,895. That's 19895. The uh, 10 a.m. meeting, 19,896. That's 19896. So this morning, A Vision for You presents Practicing These Principles in All Our Affairs. So our speaker this morning, we're going to get Darian Kay on the line shortly. She's going to discuss the application of the program, uh, the, rather the program principles in her daily life. And she's going to give a particular emphasis with doing so with family and those that she interacts with uh, frequently, which, of, of course, we know uh, can be more challenging than with our fellows in program. That's an understatement, right? So it, it's, it's certainly one thing to get on the vision line, as we do. Some of us, you know, six days a week, uh, perhaps for an hour or two a day, and we become part of a recovery community, right? And uh, and, and we're devoted to the study and the teaching and the, the uh, implementation of the 12 steps outlined in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. And there's a, you know, there's a level of understanding and there's a compassion generally, right, for our fellow travelers in the rooms. And, you know, most certainly we, we have our occasional differences. We'd hardly be human if we didn't. But we come to know the common malady. You know, and, and, we, and we have a love for others who are devoted to the spiritual solution, you know, found in the, in the 12 steps. You know, practicing these principles is never easy, but it sure in the heck is easier with teammates who, who come to truly understand the cunning, baffling, you know, powerful nature of this disease, right? And, and they know it in a way that others do not know it. They know it experientially, and that's, that's the whole the whole emphasis of this deal is that we, we come to know the disease experientially. We come to know the solution experientially, right? It's not a conceptual deal. However, uh, can we agree that it's quite another thing to practice these principles in all our affairs with, with the likes of family members, you know, coworkers, other people that we come in contact with? That's, that's not so easy. And the big book reminds us on page 17 in uh, the chapter, there is a solution. It says, if a person has cancer, all are sorry for him and no one is angry or hurt, but not so with the alcoholic illness, for with it there goes annihilation of all the things worthwhile in life. It engulfs all whose lives touch the sufferers. And yet, you know, we can certainly acknowledge our parts and how we, we become perceived by others outside of the rooms. I, I know I can. And in some sense, you know, what I would suggest is that oftentimes, you know, unbeknownst to me, um, I train them, if you will. I train them in ways, you know, to distrust me. They learned how, how controlling we could be, or, or perhaps they learned how emotionally disconnected we can be. They, you know, I taught them how to tiptoe around me, you know, like walking around like eggshells, very unpredictable. Perhaps, uh, they learn, you know, to avoid us, or in many cases, they learn to confront us, you know, fire with fire, as the case may be. You know, let's face it, for many of us, 
We were unsafe emotionally to be around. Sometimes we showed a glimmer of change, just like Bill W. did. He showed a glimmer of change back in the day. And like us, only to fall back to old patterns, you know. And, and no wonder people didn't trust our many, our many uh, commitments to change. On page 127 in the chapter, The Family Afterwards, the, the, uh, the big book captures this sentiment, you know, really well. It says, and I quote, the head of the household ought to remember that he's mainly to blame for what befell his home. He can scarcely square the account in his lifetime. I still have challenges squaring my account with family members and others. And it goes on to say further down on the same page, she's not likely to get far in any direction if she fails to show unselfishness and love under her own roof. And I like this next sentence because it's, it's for folks just like me whose family can be a little bit nuts. I don't know about your family. My family can be a little bit nuts, right? I say that with love in their humanness. Again, just like me. It says, we know there are difficult families, right? But the man who is getting over alcoholism must remember he did much to make them so. And how about among coworkers? You know, in the chapter to, to employers on page 145, it tells us the greatest enemies of us alcoholics are resentment, jealousy, envy, frustration and fear whenever people are gathered together in business there will be rivalries and arriving out of these a certain amount of office politics and sometimes we alcoholics have an idea that people are trying to pull us down and often this is not so at all you see it's in the compulsive overeater the level of cognitive distortion where we're inclined to jump to the worst possible conclusion, usually with very limited information or, you know, any sort of objective evidence, you know, that, that my friends, is part of the spiritual malady. And catastrophizing is also, it's kind of like this, this notion of magnifying. And it's a good way to think of, of it for me because it emphasizes how we magnify things way out of proportion. You know, I can dream up all sorts of nightmare scenarios that I believe without question, and it breeds anxiety and fear in me. And when we engage in this, is it any wonder that a, that a, a Milky Way bar seems a much more palatable solution to me than, than some sort of spiritual solution? And the big book speaks of insanity as merely the inability at certain times to parse out what's true from what's false. So before I transition to Darian, because she's going to do a great job this morning, I'm going to close with the good news. <laughs> and the good news on page 64 as we begin uh, step four in, in this instance, the big book tells me something that I needed etched in my brain. It says we've been not only mentally and physically ill, we've been spiritually sick. And when the spiritual malady is overcome, well, we, we straighten out mentally and physically. So if I, I embrace this way of life, of spiritual action, God does for me what I couldn't do for myself. It, it's kind of a, a restoration project of revolutionary proportion. Right? So joining us this morning is uh, with, to share her experience, strength, and hope in finding a power greater than herself is Darian Kay uh, from, from Massachusetts. And Darian is, in my opinion, a, a beloved member of Overeaters Anonymous. She's devoted to the practice and teaching of the 12 steps. I always enjoy when she brings her wisdom. 
and she's going to do it this morning. And so it's with the warmest, kindest regard that I welcome Darian to the line this morning. Darian, good morning. Thank you so much, Larry. Can you hear me okay? I, I can hear you terrific. Perfect. Good, good. Okay. So um, I'm going to let you all – first of all, this is Darian Kay. I'm in the Berkshire in Massachusetts. That's in beautiful western Massachusetts um, near the New York border and – all the mountains are here and the, unfortunately some of the snow, <laughs> but um, that's what we deal with. Um, and then we have the beauty of the fall and all of that loveliness. Um, so I'm so grateful to be here with all of you recovered for today and, and uh, doing this, this beautiful um, special edition and on this beautiful meeting, which I so appreciate on a regular basis. It's just been my rock and my, um, my go-to. Um, for many, many years now, and I'm just so appreciative of um, being a part of it, you know, and, you know, I can't say even how I feel. It's just um, such joy and um, gratitude, for sure. Um, So I'm going to um, qualify for a little bit, and then I'm going to probably 15, 20 minutes, and then the rest will be on the topic. Um, But before I do, I'm going to ask you, to sit back in your comfy chairs and couches, beds even. <laughs> All right, and close your eyes and imagine living on the island called positivity. Yep, that's called island positivity. Surrounded by positive um, people, upbeat people, healthy, loving, selfless, program people. The weather's perfect. Your food is served to you, weighed and measured, prepared for you three times a day. And your life is just smooth and easy, breezy, and beautiful. And then open your eyes. (laughs) And there you got it. There's your family needing your attention, your coworkers asking you for assistance, your children misbehaving or at least not acting according to your rules, your bills still need, uh, you know, arrive in the mail. Your food needs to be prepared. House needs to be clean. Laundry's piling up. Ugh, right? This is all our affairs and more. <laughs> um, that's a short list. Um, so, you know, I, I, you know, I definitely was nudged by my higher power to do this special edition because this topic of practicing the principles in all our affairs. Um, does not always come easy for me. I am not the shining example of it, um, but I do my best job um, to do what I need to do on a daily basis. And it is about practice, right? Um, that's the key word, in my opinion. Just um, the second part of the 12th step, right? Practicing these principles in all our affairs. And I do it imperfectly, but I practice. And I heard someone say, practice makes better. Not perfect. Now, that's what we were, I was brought up to hear, practice makes perfect. Nope, practice makes better. And that resonated with me on many levels. So <clears throat> let, me, um, let me qualify and share where I'm coming from. And, you know, I said the other day on a meeting, thank God we qualify and not lecture. I am not lecturing to you um, because that's, that's what the pay and way programs did. Someone stood up in the front with their little suit on and their little pins, whatever they meant, and, um, and lectured to me 
about how to lose weight, um, what recipes to prepare, um, scale in the back of the room, um, and just, you know, you walk out the door. Um, and didn't I didn't um, feel anything toward that person except that they were larger than life and had it all together. So I qualify with all of you because I'm one of you. <clears throat> and I'm here because I was there, <laughs> um, you know, and I have experienced strength and hope um, for you. Um, so I, I um, you know, I come to this disease, uh, you know, as a heavy person all my life. Um, except when I was born, I was a preemie. <laughs> um, but then after that, it was, you know, all bets were off. And the Playtex bottle at that time was a big deal. And from pictures, I evidently enjoyed my Playtex bottle and eventually the food. And, um, and so I was always heavier than the other kids. Um, loved clothes but couldn't wear any of the uh, cool stuff in the 70s. <laughs> um, and I... Um, you know, so I, I went to, you know, the big size stores, and there weren't <clears throat> definitely as many choices back then. Lane Bryant was the only one at the time. And and I, uh, you know, I swallowed my pride and went in and <clears throat> got something close to what was the style at the time, but definitely not it. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, and couldn't participate in many of the things, um, you know, that kids participate in and Jim was just a horror story, a shit show, as my daughter would say. Um, and I, you know, I, 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 ugh, I hated that. Um, and, um, you know, I, I just sort of went about my life. Um, I was known for my laugh and, um, and being a friend, good friend. And, and that's, that's how I lived. And <clears throat> I eventually found the band, which <laughs> seemed to accept everybody. And I, I became part of that. And, um, thank God for that, because I was I would have been pretty lonely without it. Um, and so I just you know survived that way, being heavy um, and and not happy on the inside. Looked happy on the outside, definitely not happy on the inside. I wanted to be like everyone else. I didn't want to be unique or special or um, you know a standout person. I wanted to just blend in with everybody else and you know wear those short ass jeans. <laughs> and um so I um you know I went on like that and I you know I was in and out of um different diet programs with my mom. My mom was always on a diet. Perpetual diets. Um and the same ones many different times in different places. Um you know and and eventually my sister who's 5 years younger than me joined us and so the three of us three musketeers <laughs> going through the diets um, and then cheating on the weekends with each other and, you know, making the decision to go off <clears throat> and then, excuse me, going back on on a Monday because Monday was always the day you went back on, never Tuesday or Thursday, but Monday. <clears throat> and so, um, you know, that was the, the you know, the pattern that, that I just kept up with uh, really most of my life until I found this program. Um, and I never really had much success. I can't say that I was very successful on, on any of the diets um, because I didn't stick to it and I was not honest. I was honest in life. You know, I, I would, you know, 
give back something I found or, you know, tell the truth to, you know, an adult or whatever. But when it came to honesty, then me and what I, what I ate and how I operated, um, you know, or how I felt, how you feeling? Oh, fine. Um, No, I was not honest. I was not honest with myself. And, um, you know, those programs, those way, pay and way programs are for honest people. You know, they work. They work for honest people. But I was not that. And so, um, you know, I would not be honest. Filling out the food form that you bring back or, um, you know. And and then I fooled myself. I started thinking like it was, like I was believing the lies I told myself, too. That, oh, why am I not losing weight, you know? Why am I going and getting weight and, and I'm up a few pounds? You know, why is that? Um, so believing, you know, believing that I, that I should magically lose weight or wake up thin or starve myself thin or whatever, um, go to the hospital and be on intravenous for a few weeks so I can lose some weight. I mean, all these crazy thoughts that I had, you know, um, a real good one was cutting my legs off and being in a wheelchair so I don't have to have these legs because I hated my legs. Um, never would do that, but that was in my brain. Um, which is really sad. Um, so, um, you know, life went on, and um, eventually I found this program, and I didn't find this program. My sister found this program, my beautiful five-year younger sister, Stephanie, and she she uh, told me about it, thank God, and she um, invited me to a meeting that she was qualifying at, and, um, you know, I'll never forget that day. And um, she told her story of pain and sadness. And um, it was devastating because I never knew she was suicidal with the food. But she had incredible PMS and a sugar addiction. And the two were just lethal for her. And um, and she was pulled out of the depths of despair with this program. And, you know, she's someone I love and adore. And I was just blown away. <laughs> Um, from how this program could work in that way. And, you know, never knew that um, there could be something out there that could um, save someone um, in addition to, um, you know, having them, uh, you know, be able to put down the food. So the program of attraction was there um, from that moment, Um, you know, and then eventually my mom joined and, and she started losing weight and that had never happened before in all the other diet programs. And, so I was quite curious because, you know, this, this program was working um, for these people that I loved. And I, um, and I joined. Do you imagine that? I joined them just like I did all the other programs. And I got my sister's sponsor. <laughs> and, um, you know, and I, I started a program of recovery. And that was September 18th, 1986. And what a funny time of the year. Um, you know, it was, uh, I'm of the Jewish faith, so I had the Jewish holidays ahead of me. And then, the, you know, the lovely holiday um, in October, <laughs> um, which I, you know, said to my, my younger self, I would do for the rest of my life. I'll throw a sheet over my head and trick or treat until <laughs> um, I'm 90 because that was amazing getting free candy. Um, you know, so that was ahead of me, Thanksgiving, Christmas. I don't celebrate Christmas, but I'll, <laughs> I'll surely eat <laughs> um, the foods um, and, and on and on, right? And then, so how, why, 
that that was a crazy time, you know, September 18th. But this program is a day at a time. And I talked to my sponsor day at a time. We put together a food plan. I went to meetings. I went far and wide to get to meetings. Um, I, you know, read the big book. I um, did the writing. I did all the tools. And eventually she told me the steps were super duper important and that I should get into a step study. And thank God, thank God I had um, a sponsor in the very beginning that was a big proponent of the steps. Because sadly I hear um, on the line um, that, you know, that it's a tool-based program or a flour and sugar-based program. And it is so much more, right? It is so much more. The crux, the foundation, the, the solid footing is the 12 steps. And thank goodness I um, began to stand on a solid footing when I first arrived. And that is, has been a way of a life for me um, throughout my program is doing the 12 steps. Um, and I don't know why we need to do them over and over. <clears throat> I guess life changes and we change and different um, things arise and things that we need to um, come up. Oh, let's see someone unmuted. Um, and so we, you know, we just need to do what we need to do um, on a regular basis to keep the food down and live life. Um, a day at a time, you know, on a spiritual plane. And so, like I said, I joined program in 1986, and I've been around, you know, all these years, a long time, 36 years. Um, gone through a lot of things, um, and gone through them abstinently without having to pick up the food. Amazing. Really blows my mind. And, um, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to spend most of the time on my qualification, although I could. Um, you know, but I'll just give you a few major examples um, of, of what I went through through ab in abstinence in this program. You know, I I got married. I was a thin bride. I got married a year later, actually, after I came into program. That was a pure miracle. Nothing I had planned. Um, I had my child in 1991. My Nikki. Um, that was a miracle. I had a beautiful pregnancy, gained only 26 pounds, felt healthy and wonderful. And it was through this program and the people that had gone before me um, that I could, that I could um, you know, call and find out, you know, how they got through an abstinent pregnancy. Um, yeah, I, um, we built a home. It was stressful, but, you know, got through that. Um, divorce eventually. <laughs> Sadly, um, you know, need to sell the big, beautiful dream house, um, and and on and on. I think it just goes on and on. The list goes on and on. If you've been around <laughs> since the age of 24, you're going to have quite a bit of life to live. And uh, you know, I, I just a day at a time get through each thing <clears throat> with the power of God, the program, the fellowship, and the steps. You know, and um, it is a miracle, a miracle for me to be here today. And to have the enthusiasm that I did in the beginning is just also a miracle because, you know, it just never gets old. It never, I never get tired of this program. It's, it's just been a joy 
and uh, um, a reason for me to live. Um, it's just it's just amazing. Um, so I surely qualify for this program, and you know I'm maintaining a healthy body weight. I can fit into clothes that I, you know, have worn for years. Um, although I do find excuses to buy new ones, but I still can fit into the old ones. And um, you know, it's just it's just a miracle. It really is a miracle to have a program of recovery in my life. I just really feel like I'm blessed um, to have it. Um, so I found out that practice, the word practice, um, is um, spoken about 33 times in both the AA 12 and 12 and the big book. Um, and the word practice, um, you know, I think it's wonderful that we look up words and and find synonyms and words that mean the same thing so that it can really um, resonate with us. Um, practice means to apply, to work at repeatedly, to rehearse, um, to do over and over, to become skilled. And I, um, I've watched a lot of basketball lately. My boyfriend is a big-time Celtics fan, and, um, and so I watch uh, a lot of basketball, and you know, I watch these players shoot these three-point um, baskets from like a million miles away. <laughs> and I said to Steve, I said, how do they shoot a basketball into that small little hoop from so far away to make three points? And he simply said, they practice a lot. And I thought, oh, yeah, that's probably true. And then, he, and then, you know, he also pointed out um, that they don't get it in every time. That they, they're, it's not perfect. You know, they miss a lot. But they persevere and they practice more. They don't throw the ball away and walk off the court and <laughs> quit the game. Um, they persevere and they rehearse and they practice more. And like I said, practice makes better. And, you know, I feel like... <clears throat> um, you know, we're human, and we're not made to be perfect. But somehow, for some reason, I think that I should be. And that's why I need to remember practice makes better. Um, so, you know, I found a few things in the big book um, that relate to this. Um, I know Larry shared um, some amazing examples. Um, and I found on page 60 and 61 of the big book, it says each person is like an actor. I know we know this, and I know this very well, right? The, the, the actor scenario, who wants to run the show and is forever trying to arrange the lights, the ballet, the scenery, and the rest of the players in his own way. If his arrangements would stay put, if only people would do as he wished, the show would be great. Everybody, including himself, would be pleased and life would be wonderful. Um, and then I also read um, on page, on the top of page 19, and there is a solution. Um, and it states, we feel that elimination of our drinking was but a beginning. A much more important demonstration of our principles lies before us in our respective homes, 
occupations and affairs. But isn't that true? And then at the bottom of page 19, it says, most of us sense that real tolerance of people's shortcomings and viewpoints and a respect for their opinions are attitudes which make us more useful to others. Um, and so the and and the last thing that I'll I'll share from the big book um, actually is from the AA 12 and 12. This one on page 111. It says, "Now comes the biggest question yet. What about the practice of these principles in all our affairs? You know, it's a step 12. Can we love the whole pattern of living as eagerly as we do the small segment of it?" we discover when we try to help other alcoholics achieve sobriety. And so, um, yeah, this is why I remain in program for all these years, because I continue to practice this program outside in the world, right? That's the place that we live and show up for the majority of waking hours. You know, we can be in these beautiful meetings or on a phone call with somebody. That's a very small segment of time in our day, um, you know, our day is, is, um, is mostly filled with um, others, family, friends, coworkers, um, you know, our spouses, um, you know, the people, the people that matter out there. Um, not that, not that OA people don't matter, but <laughs> the people, the people that are in our lives on a daily basis. Um, is who we are interacting with. So what I wanted to do, I'm just going to look at the time real quick. Okay. So um, I want to um, point out a few examples, a few personal examples of how I practice these principles in all my affairs or have done in the past. Um, and there there are many, of course. Like I said, if, if we come in... Um, you know, at a, at a very young age, like I did, um, we're going to have a lot of living to do, God willing, and um, we're going to have a lot of examples of practice. Um, so the first example that came to mind was um, the third week of January um, 2016. And actually, it was probably even a little before that, the, the end of the December 2015. Um, I was going through an incredible time. My mom was in the hospital. She had just had knee, uh, routine knee surgery. She was supposed to recover from that and, um, you know, go through rehab and be able to, you know, walk um, well again and dance with her, her honey that she met when she was 79 <laughs> and, um, and just be, um, just live for a good number of, of years. And that's not what happened. Um, she <clears throat> she had she, she had complications, and um, as a result, um, she she yeah she passed away on January twentieth of two thousand sixteen. And this was a test on many levels for me. Uh, dealing with the shock of her death, right, and the senseless outcome of a routine surgery. 
um, the sadness and loss of my closest family member. I, you know, my dad died when I was 19, um, but I was, you know, I was young, and I don't know if I knew how to process those feelings then, and I surely wasn't in program. Um, so I, you know, I'm sure um, I did my best, but I, I didn't do it the way that I'm that I did it when I, you know, my mom passed. And um, the pain, the pain of my sister. Um, you know, seeing my sister, because like I said, I just have one sister and wanting to be there for her. You know, I'm going to always be the older sister, even if I'm, you know, (laughs) we're both, uh, you know, much older now. She'll still be my little sister. And so I, you know, the pain um, that she felt, the plans that we needed to magically piece together, um, you know, for uh, a memorial for her, um, you know, all these life, big girl expectations, you know, um, were thrusted upon me. And I prayed a lot that week. And I stayed connected to program. And with God's grace, was able to think clearly, love the people who were suffering with me, and cooperatively, you know, with my sister, put together and show up for the most beautiful memorial for my mom with all her favorite flowers and colors and the people that loved her. And, um, you know, I showed up for those affairs, if you will, Um, you know, clear headed and, um, and grateful that I had this program in my life, you know, and I, I took a minute, um, you know, to think about how it would have been maybe if I didn't have program. You know, I can only imagine that the grief and the pain of losing my mom uh, would have sent me into a deep depression and paralyzed me, really. And um, I most certainly would have turned to the food for comfort and for escape and for solace. And I would have also felt anger uh, toward the doctors and probably tried to make my um, viewpoints known um, and um, not been present for my sister because I would have been too sad myself to be present for anyone else Um, and would have regretted um, how I handled it, you know, in my usual way um, of avoiding pain at all costs. And so that is, um, you know, that's an example of how this program carried me through and um, that the principles of love and patience and tolerance um, and all those wonderful things that we learn here came into play and really almost automatically. Like that was amazing for me too, that that it was like, that it just happened because I had been practicing before, right? And so I got that, I got that three point shot <laughs> when it, when it was, you know, necessary. Um, for me to to do that. Um, Another example um, is with my daughter. Um, My daughter, I I share with people a lot about her, my Nikki. Um, She's 31 years old now. And, um, you know, I've been in program all her life, obviously. I was in program well before she was born. And, um, you know, when she was younger, because I was in program, I was able to show up for her. You know, she had school challenges. She was on an ed plan. 
was able to show up for her and um, and be an advocate for her. She had depression, and she at one point was hurting herself. And I could show up for her then, scary as that was, um, you know, and and put her put her first um, in the pain of not seeing or talking to her. At one point, when she lived with her dad um, and her boyfriend um, for a couple years, that was incredibly hard. But again, I was in program and I talked to people and, um, you know, I practiced acceptance to the best of my ability. Um, You know, and today, um, you know, practicing acceptance and love and patience and tolerance when she's unable to communicate with me. You know, this has been happening kind of off and on as of late. Um, And it's not easy. She's my one and only, um, you know, and then I do falter. I falter as a mother who who only wants her child to be happy, you know, and, and wants to know that she's safe. But I practice. I do practice. And I pray. And I persevere. And I pause. And I, and I remember hearing, I think probably on one of these meetings, that pause, uh, you know, like acronyms, and pause can stand for postpone action, until serenity emerges. I love that. Postpone action until serenity emerges. And I do that. I do that um, so that I don't feel disturbed because that's the first thing I want to feel is disturbed. And I also want to feel hurt. And it's not about me. Imagine that. It's not about me. She is going through her situations. And it's not about me. And so I send her loving texts. And I, you know, um, and when we see each other, I do my best not to judge. And I have, and, and, and I don't pretend to have all the answers. You know, I just am a listening ear for her. You know, and I put her in God's hands every morning and every night in my prayers. You know. And I often read, um, and I have it memorized, really. I don't even need to read it, the acceptance prayer. That's found on page 417 in the second edition and 449 in the, um, in the, in the first one. And, you know, it's called, on um, 449, it's called Dr. Alcoholic Addict. 417 in the um, second edition, it's called Acceptance was the Answer. And it's, um, it's Dr. Paul O., um, who uh, wrote this as part of his story. And I'll read it because it's so, so true. An acceptance is the answer to all my problems today. When I am disturbed, it is because I find some person, place, thing, or situation, some fact of my life unacceptable to me. And I can find no serenity until I accept that person place, thing, or situation as being exactly the way it's supposed to be at this moment. Until I could accept my alcoholism, I could not stay sober. And it says nothing in God's world happens by mistake. I didn't put that down. But And, it, and until I could accept my alcoholism, I could not stay sober. Unless I accept life completely on life's terms, I cannot be happy. I need to concentrate not so much on what needs to be changed in the world, as on what needs to be changed in me and my attitudes. 
Yes. So, of course, I'm not perfect. And my obsessive compulsive nature rears its ugly head because that's just how I am. (laughs) That's how I'm wired. And so sometimes I fall down the rabbit hole of anger or, you know, want to control or, again, I feel the sadness and the poor me's and despair. And then God nudges me and says, talk to, talk to somebody. And so I call <clears throat> my fellows and I talked honestly with them. And that's been a gift. Um, and not because they give me the answers and say, Darian, this is exactly what you should say and do. But they help me reflect on my feelings and my attitude and then ultimately see how I can productively help Nikki and to be there for her, showing up with love and kindness. Like we would grant a sick friend, right? Yeah, a sick man's prayer. And don't we all want that from one another? I mean, that that's just just something we all would want, right? Um, so I really, I really do need to remember that. And like I said, I I falter, but I try and I practice, and practice makes better. And the last example that I'll share with you is um, my Stephen, my boyfriend. Um, you know, the one person, he's the one person I have the most difficult and challenging time because I live with him on a daily basis. <laughs> um, and he's my mirror. And he shows me a clear, unfiltered reflection of how I live life. The good, the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> and when we met um, many years ago, I knew he was good for me. It was He was so different than my, my husband, my first husband. He was honest and kind, but reality-based. And he had so much self-knowledge and worldly knowledge, you know, and he was confident, or still is, and he still is, and self-assured, um, and he could do anything he put his mind to. And he was the antithesis of me, <laughs> because... I lack confidence. I'm very dependent on others. And I would really prefer to live in unreality if I could. And so Stephen was just the perfect person that was, you know, put in my life um, by God's plan. And so today, I really, really, really work on practicing other program principles with him. And um, he has clearly stated um, that, you know, I treat program people with much more kindness and patience and love (laughs) than I do him Uh, because he'll hear me talking on the phone or um, at a meeting, you know, Zoom meeting and uh, very, very different tone (laughs) when it comes to um, to talking to program people. And, and, you know, then I'm all done, shut the computer, shut, you know, put my phone down and it's a different me. And so um, I, I, I just don't like that about myself. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, it's very sad. He was diagnosed with cancer in 2015. And like you said, Larry, right, we, you know, we, we grant a sick friend, like with cancer, right, the, the compassion. 
uh, that we would want for ourselves. Um, but he, you know, he was diagnosed with cancer. My my fear. That's a huge fear. It's on my. It's been on my fourth step over and over again. And so, uh, you know, we we came to terms with that um, reality in 2015. And he's doing fairly well. Um, but I haven't shifted my mindset about what he can and can't do. Um, I think. Um, and how he may be feeling not being able to do as much and, and the fatigue that comes naturally with all the medications and things that he um, is a part of right now. And so, um, you know, I include this example um, to help you see that this is a life learning process, a lifelong learning process. Um, you know, that, that it's, this is really a lifetime program for me, you know, that the people outside a program need our love and our tolerance and acceptance and honesty and service, right? Service, oh, I give service so gladly when it comes to, um, you know, program. But, you know, I, <laughs> I don't want to cook this or I don't want to serve you this or I don't want to clean that. You know? <laughs> I got I to gotta think about the service that I do you know, for him and for the people in my life. You know, it seems so much easier and convenient to love and accept an OA friend or a suffering newcomer because we have that, you know, innate compassion that comes firsthand, you know, from the knowledge that we have about the disease. And, you know, that's, that's wonderful. And it, we're, we're helping each other right now doing that. But we don't live on that island that I mentioned in the beginning that we closed our eyes and imagined we are on, um, you know, that, and that we never will. Um, you know, we may be fortunate to go to conventions and events and be maybe on that little island for a day or two, um, but we come back home. We come back home, back to our lives, you know. This is where we need to live. This is where we need to practice. So for today, you know, I need to remain honest, open and willing to practice these principles in all my affairs. Then I will feel inner peace and love for all people in my life. Um, and ultimately, I'll feel better about this way of life that I'm choosing to live and program. The principles of the 12 steps are the central guiding force of that. And it enables us to live our best lives, you know. And, um, you know, I'll end with um, something very interesting. And not at all, I mean, it, it's not at all um, unusual that these things happen, but I, I was in a 12-step um, study back in 2010 I actually was a leader, um, and I created these bookmarks um, of the principles inherent in the steps um, for, for all the um, participants. And um, it fell out of my book this morning. It fell out of one of my books this morning when I was, of course, looking to add things or delete things from my talk. And I thought, oh, thank you, God. Thank you. And so I just want to end by sharing um, the 12 principles inherent in the steps 
um, that, you know, are just um, really the crux of, you know, what I try to do, like I said, with others. Um, and of course, with program people, but with, other, with, the, with the people that I love in my life. You know, the first one's honesty with ourselves. The second one is hope, that we're not alone. Three is faith for guidance and strength. Four is courage to face the truth. Five is integrity to admit our mistakes. And boy, that's difficult with the people, other people in my life. The willingness to let go of our shortcomings. Seven, the humility to be ourselves. Eight, the self-discipline to repair our relationships. Nine, to love and to accept others as they are. Ten, to um, perseverance toward achieving permanent recovery. Eleven, spiritual awareness through prayer and meditation. And twelve, service to receive abundant joy and strengthen our recovery. You know, and this is why I, why I stay here. This is why I do this program. And this is why I continue to, like I said, remain honest, open-minded, and willing to learn and to grow. Um, and, and just so grateful, grateful to, you know, be here with all of you and to, you know, be able to, to share, um, you know, this, this stuff, you know, makes one vulnerable and um, it's scary, but I can attest after all these years that we are safe here. We are, we are in a place that is safe to share our deepest um, examples of, of humility. And, um, you know, I'm so very grateful to be with all of you. And with that, I'll pass. Darian, thank you so very much. It was a be- boy, it, nerves. What a courageous, beautiful, beautiful presentation you made for all of us this morning, and we're we're so very thankful for that. So we're gonna let, let me give you the share ID. Um, I'll do it again at the end of the deal uh, for for Darian's presentation this morning. That share ID number is nineteen thousand nine hundred. That's one nine nine zero zero. And so we're going to transition now to uh, to pose. If you have a question you'd like to pose to Darian Kay, um, you can press star one to unmute your phone and give give me your first name and last initial, and we'll uh, we'll transition to a Q and A segment. Who's got a question for Darian? Lori Kay and Janet. Gloria. Gloria Kay. Okay. It was Terry Kay. Terry. Okay, I got Terry Gloria. There was somebody else. Janice Pam. Janice. Mhm. Trisha G. Trisha. Christina J. Christina. Anybody else? I got Gloria, Terry, Janice, Trisha, and Christina. Okay, so let's start there, and we'll see where we go. So if you're not Gloria, if you would be kind of – if you're not Gloria or Darian, <laughs> would you be kind enough to mute your phone again? Um, and let's start with the first question from Gloria. Gloria, good morning. Hi, family. It's Gloria from South Florida. I have a question. After you've done the steps, you know, I've done the steps many times, but 
I never know this answer. Do I have to go back on the fourth step if, if it's not a problem anymore? I mean, I do a fourth step, but do you, do you understand the, the question? Yep. So do, do you need to do a fourth step multiple times? Yes, exactly. And go back to day one, or do you go back to where you are in your life right now? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question, Gloria. Thank you. Um, you know, for me, um, and you know, we could all have different ways of doing things, but for me, <clears throat> when I do um, the steps, I do focus on, um, you know, pr the present, the current situations. Um, although I do need to say that there are threads of past situations that do continue to come up. Um, and so, you know, I just think taking an honest look, right, because that's what it's supposed to be, an honest look, um, you know, at, at the things that we um, may be disturbed about and have resentments about um, will give us that picture of, of what we need to write down, you know, for our fourth step. Um, so, you know, it's, it's not a, a perfect... Um, black and white situation, I don't think. But I, I really think that, um, you know, just like I was nudged by my higher power to do this special edition, and all the things that I said, really, um, in, my, in my writing to prepare for this, I think that we're nudged. We have that nudge, that, that instinct that inside of us, we, we know in our hearts um, what we need to, to write down and talk about, whether it's past or present. I hope that helps. Yeah, th I think it does. Thanks, Gloria, uh, for the question. Okay, next up we have Terry followed by Janice. Terry, good morning. Hi, Larry. Thank you for your service and your beautiful sure. introduction. And, um, Terry, and thank you for your share. Um, my question is surrounding the topic that you mentioned, practice makes better, you know, always understanding practice makes perfect. My my specific question is, did you struggle with perfectionism? And if so, how did you translate that heart to head practice makes better is enough? And then how did you transmit that to your child? Mm. Yes, 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 yes. I am the ultimate perfectionist. <laughs> um, <clears throat> it is it is a character defect. <clears throat> and um, and it's, well, I'm not going to say that. I, I, it, it is in myself. Um, and then I suppose in many cases I want that for, for others. And it's very hard sometimes to break out of that, um, that thought process. Um, but, you know, like I said, when I take that pause and I do that prayer um, and then talk to others, sort of um, process how I'm feeling, and what's going on, and realize, and doing the 10 steps also in the nightly reviews, I, I realize that, you know, it's, it's, it's selfishness. It's, um, and it's, it's an unbelievable feat for people to, to you know, stand up to. Um, it, it, you know, if I think that they can be perfect. None of us are perfect, nor are we supposed to be. 
and again, I, I said that when I was sharing, I don't know why. I don't know why I think I should be, or at least think that you think that I am. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just, you know, I just, like I said, um, it's, it's hard, but that's practice. Practice, right? And like I said, we falter sometimes. We don't always get that three-point shot. Um, you know, with my daughter, um, you know, I really, really tried my best, um, you know, as a parent to, um, you know, accept her and love her and be there for her no matter what. Um, and like I said, I probably did falter here and there, but, you know, and she'll, I'm sure she'll, <laughs> if you sat her down, she'll, she'll be able to have a few examples. Um, but, you know, we're not we're not given a book on how to parent. And so we do our best right in the moment. Um, and, um, you know, and today, you know, because I have this program in my life, um, I can work on being, you know, so much more um, kind and patient and non-judgmental, and, you know, and just, um, you know, be the loving person that she needs. Um, or the listening ear that she needs, or the person that just waits <laughs> for two weeks to get a response from a text that I sent her. You know, just wait, be patient, and um, and you know, not expect perfection. Um, but again, it's not a perfect solution, and it's not always um, done well. But I I know I know that that's something that I that I work on daily. Thank you. Thanks, Terry. Okay, let's go to the author of parenting. Janice, <laughs> good morning. Uh, we're not a grumble a lot, right? <laughs> good morning. I can't wait. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Larry. And, of course, Darian Kay from Massachusetts. Uh, thank you so much. This is Janice P.M. from Massachusetts, Recovered. And uh, I have so much identification with you. I do have a question but I do have an opinion of how I work these steps and how uh, the big book is, is studied. And, of course, um, I, I'm, an, I'm an advocate for reading before working with others the three chapters, wives, family, and employers. So my question is, when you sponsor, do you skip these three chapters before you go to working with others, you know, of course, this is, of course, after. I believe there's three parts to the um, 12th step, and this is the third part. And when we don't, you know, read these three chapters, we're missing out, but this could, because I believe it gives do's and don'ts. So what do you, I'm interested to know what you do with your sponsees, Darian. And thank you for the wonderful um, special edition. Okay. Here and press star one. Okay. Here I am. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah. Yes? Yeah. You're coming through. Great. Oh, okay. Good. Oh, okay. Um, yes. Um, so, you know, again, I, I I am not perfect, and so that is a very good point, Janice, um, that I will take, um, you know, and and start doing. Um, you know, I 
never really thought about having my sponsees read the wives, the family, and the employers. Um, you know, and like I said, that's why I keep coming. That's why I keep showing up to these meetings um, because I'm learning. Um, and it's important. You know, I, when I, you know, did this, you know, some of the research, I, you know, I was, I was drawn to um, reading some, some excerpts from those chapters because that's, you know, like you said, that's sort of the crux of the principles of the program and all our affairs. And, um, you know, I think, it, I think it's a great idea um, to have people read those um, and to try to relate to them, um, you know, so that they can see, um, you know, I'm not sure, uh, you know, I, I know that newcomers um, sort of want the food plan <laughs> or they want, you know, they want the, the, simpli- the simplicity of the program um, in the beginning. And so, um, you know, I, I think about that um, as well when I start to sponsor someone, you know, not trying to give them information overload um, because I don't want them to just dis- disappear <laughs> um, and never call again um, because it's been too overwhelming. And I, I think that I get that too from, from how I operate in life. You know, I am easily overwhelmed. Um, I am not a multitasker, and I, um, you know, I need things sort of simple. That's why I absolutely love the vision meeting because it's one paragraph broken down um, and and easily understood and digested. And so, um, you know, I think um, in a way too, I also I need to I need to remember that when it comes to sponsoring people. So. Um, yeah, but it's definitely a consideration, and thank you so much for, for helping me to see it. Yeah, thanks, Janice. Okay, next up we have Trisha, followed by Christina. Trisha, good morning. Good morning, Larry. Thank you for your service. Thank you, Darian, for your wonderful share. This is Trisha G., Recovered Compulsive Eater in Washington State. I very much related to what you were saying about with your partner, um, and his recognition of you being like one person while you're working with program people, you're on your Zoom meetings or on a phone call, and then um, perhaps a different personality when you're not. I thought that was um, very relatable, and I appreciated your vulnerability in that. And I'm hoping you'll say more about that, specifically like now that you've recognized it, what practices um you're doing to address it, um, like in your 10, 11, and 12, and also when you recognize it in your sponsees, because I hear that a lot um, in sponsees, how you also um, might bring that to their attention or, um, you know, uh, share your own experience about that. So thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Yes. Thank you, Tricia. Um, yeah. Um, like I said, Stephen is a real mirror of, um, of, of, you know, what I need to look at. Um, and, um, you know, he oftentimes, um, you know, says, to, you know, ask me to step back and look at my part in things and to, um, and, and it's amazing when people are not in a actual program and they can think that way. I'm still, I'm, I'm amazed by that. <laughs> um, you know that they have that innate um, way of looking at life um, in a reality. 
sense and also, um, you know, a self sort of uh, awareness way. Um, and yeah, so I, you know, I have to take the time. I have to sometimes just, when I say the serenity prayer a lot to myself um, in times of, you know, conflict, um, you know, I do do the, you know, the 10 step review and I look at my part and things, you know, and, and oftentimes I'm selfish. It comes down a lot of times to selfishness, you know, or I just, or approval seeking, you know, um, and, and it's, it's, it's hard. It's hard to, you know, we change, we change the body by, you know, eating healthy and sticking to our food plan, but the mind, the mind is slow to follow. And, um, you know, and oftentimes, you know, I, I can, you know, find myself in that, in that space where I'm feeling bad, or like I said, the self-pity or the whatever, you know, just not, not productive in any way. Um, and so, you know, I just have to take that time, that pause, that real look at myself, um, you know, be it, be it in prayer or, or doing the writing piece, talking to others too, like I said, it's so important um, because, you know, I, when I'm speaking um, so many times, uh, not only am I speaking and they're listening, but I'm also listening to myself, you know, and so I can almost hear myself and figure it out myself um, because it's not just in my head. I'm actually now talking to somebody um, and, it, and it helps to do that. Um, yeah, and, and with sponsees, um, you know, things crop up with family members and such. Um, you know, I'm, I gently try to, you know, um, let them know. Uh, I, don't, I don't really say things, but I mean, I, I come from my own experience, you know, and give them the experience that I have about how <laughs> it doesn't work to, uh, to be critical or to, to you know not not be productive in a relationship and and hopefully help them along um they can hang up the phone and choose to you know act and be the way that they want obviously um but like i said and i can only come from my own my own experience and so that's what i offer my sponsees um and you know hopefully it helps um and if it doesn't, like anybody, like, you know, children, um, right, we, we can tell them to not touch the burning stove, but they may need to learn on their own that the stove's hot. So, um, you know, I am just a vessel, a power of example, hopefully, and, and I can only give, you know, what I have. So I hope that helps. Thanks, uh, Tricia. Okay, Christina, step up. Good morning. Morning, Larry. Thanks for your Good service. Morning. Hi, Darian. Um, Hi. Just so kind and loving. And uh, <laughs> I've, you know, I've been, I've talked to you about various things, and we both have seen that side of ourselves that is um, not so pretty outside a program, and. But my question really doesn't have much to do with your talk per se. It has to do with the fact that I missed like the first 15 minutes. Um, I've been sick. So 
I don't know if you talked about your absence around food and um, it sounds to me like when I came in that you were struck abstinent way back when. And even if you weren't and you struggled a little bit, I mean, you must have come in with a solid food plan because the food plan seems to really lock people down into, you know, helping the brain chemistry get stable and there's no more cravings and get the neutrality. Of course, that goes hand in hand with, you know, working the steps and calling and doing all those things. But did you ever, in all these years, have you ever felt the pull of the food again? And of course, I know from your story that you know what to do when that happens. But did you ever feel it so strong? Mm-hmm. Just wanted to take a bite and um, just, you know, barely scraped by the temptation. Um, being in relapse cycles uh, has been brutal for me and I'm abstinent now, thank God. But uh, I just wondered if that had ever happened to you in your experience. Thank you for sharing. Yes, thank you, Christina. Yeah, I I am so not perfect. Um, <laughs> and, you know, we, um, being in this program, we have the difficult uh, choice of, make you know, making those three choices a day, and maybe some of us more if we, we're doing... Um, extra meals or whatever, and, you know, three healthy choices a day. And so what does that look like? Um, in the beginning, you know, um, you know, I, and I, well, all right. So in the beginning, I weighed and measured without exception. <clears throat> For me, it was, that was just something that my sponsor did. And so I did that. No flour and sugar. And that was like sort of the bottom line. Okay. So that's what I came in on. And it, wor- and it worked very well. And as time went on, because my brain says, you've been in program oh, 15 years now, or I don't know, something like that. And um, you should, you probably know what four ounces look like. So, you know, you just, you can eyeball it. You've, you've got, you, you earn that right <laughs> to eyeball things. Um, and I'm a quantity person. But I, you know, at that time, I really was not willing to look at that piece, and um, and so I stopped measuring my food, and I ate abstinently three times a day, you know, my foods on my food plan. Um, but I put on some weight, uh, to my chagrin, because <laughs> I um, I wasn't measuring, and obviously I did not know my eye did not know what four ounces looked like. And I was also going out to dinner maybe twice or three times instead of just the once a week that I, you know, had really done in the beginning of the program. Um, and so I kind of needed to reel in and take a good, solid look at those behaviors, right? The, the food behaviors that we talk about um, in our meetings. Um, because it, it's not just about the food and the food plan, but it's also the behaviors and the things that we that we know either work or don't work for us. And thank you, God. Thank you, God. Um, I desperately called someone because I um, I don't know. I think I could have been working the program a little bit more on my own as well, like talking to somebody, but not as regularly as I did in the beginning. Because again, 
you know, after a certain number of years, you have that, that right <laughs> and opportunity to do that. Um, it's funny how the brain works, isn't it? And so I, um, yeah, I needed to um, sort of get back to basics, if you will. And that was, a re- you know, very important for me uh, to look at. And, you know, a year, couple, years back, too, when I um, started listening to the vision meeting and working with another sponsor, you know, I identified foods that I ate through the years, um, you know, that were okay for me, that seemed fairly neutral, um, but weren't anymore. They became something that I sort of looked forward to, you know, specifically for me, salty, crunchy. <laughs> and that wasn't flour and sugar, it was salty and crunchy. Um, and so um, I had to look at that too and, um, and, and, and abstain from that. So, you know, I think if you're going to be in this program a day at a time for the rest of your life, things ebb and flow and change, but there are basic things that we need to do. And again, like I said, um, I really said, I said in the beginning during my talk, um, Christina, that I talked about honesty and then I was honest around all other things except my food, you know? Um, And so this program, made all the difference in the world when it came to honesty around the food. And that's, and I think that's what we need to, to really hone in on is the honesty um, and the things that work for us and not get all caught up in what works for someone else. Um, because just like we all have different genes, <laughs> we all probably have different food plans and, you know, um, but, but there's a basic, there is a basic solution um, that, that many of us adhere to. <clears throat> and, you know, and, and that's what we need to do on a daily basis to keep that disease at bay and to, and to be um, neutral. Did we lose you, Darian? Or maybe you, uh, maybe you finished up there. <clears throat> okay. Oh, um, am I, am I oh, back? Yeah. Yeah, you're oh, back. Okay. Good. Yep. So yeah. I, I'm not sure yeah. what 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 I st- stopped with, but anyway, we just ha- we have to be honest with ourselves. Bottom line. Yeah. No, we we up, got most of it. Yeah, we got most of it. Well, you guys, we have uh, paid Fidarian's insurance of immunity to the top of the hour. So um, that's our payment, right? So we have time maybe for, for two or three more questions, if there are uh, those questions. So if you'd like to uh, pose a question to Darian, uh, press star one. Give me your name. Robin T. Hi, Robin. Jody. Anybody else? Felicia. Yeah, Jody. Okay, Jody and Felicia, and we'll see Pete if we're uh, if we're uh, how we're doing there. Um, okay, let's start with Robin, followed by Jody. Hey, Robin, good morning. Good morning. Uh, can you still hear me? I can. Thank you. Thank you so much, and thank you for your service today, um, Larry and Darian. It was great to hear you. I have a question. Um, would you be able to describe uh, either 
one relationship or a few relationships. How did your relationships with your friendships um, uh, change by practicing these principles in all your affairs? Have you lost any friendships because of this? Um, was it where oh, that's all have you lost friendships uh did they get better et cetera et cetera thank you oh thank you robin and can you hear me okay i didn't get muted i can yes. thank yeah. you okay good yeah. <laughs> all right robin um yes um you know one one quick specific example is um i have a best friend named tracy and she's been my friend since um junior high and um she lives um actually and works in Chicago and um and you know I always um she is a dear dear friend and my oldest friend and um you know I was always it's come up many times on my fourth step that I haven't been a good enough friend to her I've talked to her called her enough been there for her enough I've been there for her enough and you know it, it she she was part of an amends um that I that I made um, my ninth step on one one of the times that I was doing my um, twelve step work and I sent her flowers and it, it just it felt right to send her flowers um, and a little note to say that I love you and you're very dear to me and um, you know that I you know I couldn't go back and say oh I should have called you much more I didn't you know I didn't I didn't sort of regret the past, um, but I made some restitution to feel better um, about my relationship with her. Um, and, we, and we're still dear friends, and I still call her. And when we talk, it's like we, you know, are just catching up on yesterday. It's smooth and easy and, and wonderful. Um, and, I, you know, I also showed up when her mom passed away um, a few years back and uh, could be there with her wholeheartedly and, and stand up in front and share about how wonderful her mom was and all the memories that, that I had growing up with her. And, you know, so I, I don't know that I've actually lost friends in program, but um, but I think that we be, we become better friends when we work the steps, um, you know, in all our affairs um, with whomever we're um, relating to on a regular basis. So thanks. Yeah, thanks, Robin. Okay, Jody, your turn. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Larry and Darian. Thank you so much. Thank you both for your beautiful shares. Our program is so wonderful in that it gives us all of these fantastic tools and it gives us a community of recovering people that we can lean into and depend upon and talk to about all of our problems. Sometimes it feels to me like the fellowship is like a higher power almost. It's so powerful and so wonderful. And yet there's also this concept of a higher power. And I guess my question is, um, <laughs> how do you how do you how do you separate or define the difference? between the power of the fellowship and the power of your higher power. Mm. 
Yeah, that's a good question. And you know, I believe with all my heart that God speaks through people. And that when I, you know, obviously when I pray, I get some answers. But when I speak to people, I also get some answers. And, you know, their higher power is working through them. You know, I think we're all vessels. We're all channels of, of, of God. You know, um, especially when we're clear channels, when we have the food down and we're able to fill that, you know, that space up with good, constructive, pure um, thoughts and, and, and actions. And, um, and so I don't doubt for a moment that God speaks through people. And so I, you know, I feel like that's, um, yeah, that that is, you know, it's really all-encompassing for me. Um, And sometimes, because I'm human, and I want to, like, sort of have a tangible, um, something I can grab onto concept, um, sometimes talking to somebody feels, more connected even because when we pray it's blind faith and we're we're praying and you know sometimes we hear something back sometimes it's just really blank space and and we have to be you know have to accept that you know and move on um so um you know but 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 both for me are important uh to to do so that I can get the answers that I need or at least the direction um, that I need to go in. So thanks. Thank you, Jody. Okay, Felicia, good morning. Felicia, press uh, press star one if you would. I, can you hear me? I can. Good morning. Excellent. Good morning. Um, I'm Felicia uh, from New Jersey. A compulsive overeater. Um, so thank you so much, Darian, for your for your talk this morning. It was incredible. My question for you is: obviously, um, we need to be out of the food before we can practice these principles. Right? And my question is: can you share? anything that you've been able to do to help a chronic relapser that you sponsored get out of the food? What path do you take with them when they're chronically relapsing, even if they're going through the steps? Thank you. Mm. Yeah. And so sadly we, you know, that's, that's something that um, we hear all too often. And, um, you know, I, uh, you know, like I said, this this program is not easy um, by any means. You know, it's simple but not easy. And um, you know, I, I really when I when I sponsor someone um, that's that's desperate and and willing um, and, and is still feeling the effects of you know the binge. Um, you know, I, I just ask them to take it. A day at a time to really really bring it back to the simplicity of the program and 
you know, the one, even the, even a moment at a time, if a day is far too much for them, <clears throat> or meal at a time, you know, and, um, you know, to have um, accountability, um, you know, in regard to like maybe sending the food and, and talking to me on a regular basis and also talking to others, sort of making a commitment to the tools. I think the tools, you know, I... I heard it said um, that, you know, we're like, we're in a boat in the, and there's two, two oars. <clears throat> the tools, the tools are one oar. And if we use the tools, we're going to move in a, in, a, in a direction, our boats are going to move. But the steps is our other oar. Then we're going to move forward in a more fluid motion. And, um, you know, it's going to be um, sort of a better journey. Um, and so I think that using both the tools and the steps um, is super important. And I and I'll, oftentimes um, I ask um, a, a new sponsee who's struggling to to jot down the tools and make a checklist. You know, did you do writing today? Did you um, read the literature? You know, do you have a food plan? Do you you know, et cetera? And and making a checklist. And I I don't know about um, anyone else, but I love checklists. It makes me feel like I've accomplished something, right? Even though it could be small, um, I still feel like uh, I have accomplished something. And so um, that is something that I suggest that they do so that they at least feel like there's some action to be taken to replace the um, incredible um, pull of the food. You know, we have that. It's, it's an addiction, and it takes time for our bodies physically to become, you know, uh, neutral again with the food. We have to be very patient and loving and kind to ourselves. And I think doing those, doing that checklist and taking the time to fill in the blank spots with the, the incredible tools that we're given um, can at least help you get through each day. And then maybe it turns into more. And then eventually the pull of the food um, becomes less and, and the desire to want to stay stopped is, is greater. So thank you. Thanks so much, Felicia. All right, Pete, if it's not on uh, Paragrim uh, theorem or something, we, we have time for another question. Yeah. Good morning, Please Pete. don't ask me how the atom was created. Okay. <laughs> good morning. Good morning. How good, morning I see you. good morning, Darian. Good morning, Larry. Darian, thanks so much for your for your talk. It was very soothing and relaxing and, and deep and heavy, and I really appreciate it. So in your talk, you mentioned several times the term program. And our preamble says that Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals, and we all know the rest. And in, and in how it works, it says here are the steps we take which are suggested as a program of recovery. Are, are the two one and the same when you're referring to them? I'm just I'm curious if you look at them as two different things or just one thing. Hmm. That's a little like the Adam question. No, I'm kidding. Um, I just, yeah, I, yeah, I think the program of recovery, 12 steps, 
it's all one and the same, in my opinion. And that's my humble opinion. And like again, we have could have probably many opinions um, out there, um, but that needs to not be concerning for me. I need to believe in my heart that um, my program consists of tools. It consists of the steps. It consists of a higher power. It consists of um, service and action and um, you know, and that that is, I guess, a program to me is a plan, and that that's a plan for me. Um, and you know, I need to to definitely say that 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 was never how I operated. I really never had a plan, <laughs> and that's why I failed miserably. And so now, because I do, I do have some success through my higher power and working this, this this program and these steps. Um so that that is how I view that. Um and I hope I hope that's helpful and answers your question. Hey Darian, you know what? Your humility and uh just your kind, compassionate approach really um makes me a better person. Kind of warms my heart. So I'm gonna extend a, a a big thank you on behalf of everyone this morning for doing this service and we're going to wrap up the meeting. We'll have uh, Darian's contact information if she cares to, to provide that after the recorded portion of the meeting. So we are going to close now with the uh, with a reading um, on page uh, 164 from the big book in uh, the chapter, A Vision for You. Hang on one second here. And I had it up and then... Our book is meant to be suggestive only. I could do it for, probably by memory, but I'll botch it. Anyway, okay, so a vision for you on page 164. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. Uh, the answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.